0: I want you to think for a moment, if you will, of the great lengths that God has gone to to save, to save us, to save people like you and I, to save humanity, to save people that are separated from Him. I want you to think about the great love that motivated salvation. The Bible says in Romans, it says, for God demonstrates His own love for us in this, That while we were yet sinners, Christ Jesus died for us. Now notice that wording, while we were yet sinners. Keep your eyes closed this morning. While we were still sinners, Christ Jesus died for us. He didn't say, come to me first, then I will die for you. He didn't say, get yourself right first, get your act together, then come to me, then and only then will I receive you. No. While we were still rejecting Him, while we were still lost in our sin, Christ Jesus gave Himself as the atoning sacrifice for our sin. The Bible says, What great love the Father has lavished upon us that we should be called children of God. Think about that. What great love the Father has has not just shown to us, not just given to us, but it says this word, lavished upon us. That gives the, you can open your eyes now, That gives the picture, the vision in our minds of just extra, beyond what is called for, beyond what is necessary. God has lavished his love upon us. He just poured it out. We didn't deserve it. We didn't do anything to work for it. And yet he died on our behalf to save us from our sin. He died on our behalf to, to put us back in right standing with Him, with God the Father. Because you know that our sin separates us from God. It's like it leaves a great big canyon between us and God. But God is never content to leave us in that state separated from God from him. And the Bible says in John chapter 3, verse 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever should believe on him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And you know, there's something about that everlasting life that sometimes we just glance over. That everlasting life is together forever with the Lord. Do you understand that? So there is, it's just a double blessing. It's that lavishing of God's love upon us. He gave us His Son when we did not deserve it. And his son died in our place, a death that he did not deserve. Our sin was heaped upon him. And when he went to the cross, he carried all of that weight and all of our guilt and all of our sin and all of our transgressions and our disobedience and our evilness. He carried all of that to the cross with him and when he was crucified our sin was crucified as well and when he died and he gave up his last breath all of our sin was died was dead as well and when he was buried and placed in a tomb our sin went there as well never to be risen again, but God the Father raised Christ Jesus from the dead, thus sealing our salvation in Christ Jesus the Lord. How great is the Father's love that is lavished upon us that we should be called His children of God. He calls us His children if we obey Him, if we live with Him, if we walk in His ways, we are His children. And so the question that I asked you to ponder as as your eyes were closed is what great lengths the Father will go to to save those He loves. I think of Jonah. Do you remember the story of Jonah? Jonah, as you know and remember, was told by God, I want you to go to the city of what? Nineveh. I want you to go to the city of Nineveh and tell them that I have seen their sin and their wickedness. And I want you to tell them that unless they correct this thing, turn from their evil ways and turn to me, that I'm going to destroy that whole city and everything in it, because it's so evil. And Jonah's like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. You want me to do what? And so instead of obeying God, Jonah takes off in the opposite direction. Okay? Hoping to do what? To hide from God. Where can you go to hide from God, I wonder? The creator of the whole universe in which our little piece of it called earth dwells at the perfect distance from the sun that we are not fried or frozen for that matter. You ever think about that? And so God said, Jonah, I want you to go to this city. And Jonah says, no thanks God, I know how you are. I know how you are, and I know that if I go there and they change their minds and follow you, that you're going to relent because of your great mercy and your love. And then I'm going to be embarrassed, and I'm going to look like a dope in front of all these people because you relented. And so my word's going to look irrelevant. he says, no, I ain't going to do that. And so Jonah heads off in the other direction, takes a ship, and as you know, a big storm whips up, showing God's control over nature, over his creations, mind you, okay? So. Jonah's in this boat, and, and this big storm whips up, and everybody is fearing for their lives. They're threatened to, to all die and drown in this big storm, and, and they come together and to say, whoa, they start throwing all the stuff overboard to try to lighten the ship so it stays higher on the water. Nothing is working. Well, well maybe somebody's God caused this, you know, and they bring them all together and say, who of you has done this? And, and they draw straws, and the lot fell on. Who else? Who else? but jonah and they looked at him and said hey what did you do what has caused your god to be angry with us all right and he says it's it's my fault god told me to do something and i just ran from him i disobeyed him and now he is angry and they're they're cut to the heart what are we gonna do to save ourselves and you and he says the only thing that you can do is throw me into the water. They're like, no, don't tell me that. I don't want to kill you. I know that you're going to drown. I don't want to, we don't want to do that. What else can we do? There's nothing we can do. Throw me into the water and the sea will subside. And they begged forgiveness from God as they th- tossed him overboard. And he sunk down into the depths of the sea and a great fish the Bible says, swallowed him. And he lived three days in the belly of this great fish. Alive. And while he's in the belly of this fish, he's thinking, oh, what was I thinking? (laughs) Right? You ever been there? What was I thinking? What was I thinking? Three days, he's praying to God in the belly of this fish. I can't imagine what that smelled like in there. I hate, to, I hate to even think about it. All right. You ever watch the movie Pinocchio? Yeah? Yeah, Pinocchio gets swallowed into this big fish, too. That's, that's interesting. Anyways, so... The whole time Jonah is in the belly of this fish, he's praying to God and he's, he's saying, I'm, I'm just sorry, I, I, I should have obeyed you. I, and so three days later, this fish spits him out on the shore, alive. Jonah is now thinking, wow, I survived that one. I better do what God told me to do. God tells him again, Jonah... Go to the city of Nineveh, tell them of their sin. I'm aware of it, and I'm going to destroy them. If they don't turn from their wicked ways, turn to me, they're going to be wiped off the face of the earth. So Jonah goes, still reluctant. But he goes and he preaches through the city from one end to the other, and he says, hear the word of the Lord. The Lord is going to come, and he's going to destroy the city if you do not turn from your wicked ways. And they're like, whoa, hey, who are you? Who's this God that you serve, eh? Who is this one that's going to destroy us? Our... So Why is he going to destroy us? Our... What did we do? And he begins to tell them of their sin and how it is against God well they heeded his word and they turned from their sin like he said they would do and god relented god relented and saved that city why did god do that you know a lot of times the focus is on jonah But Jonah is not the focus of this story. The whole story is about God's great love for people, so much so that he sent this one guy from a totally different area all the way to this other city, even though he was running in the wrong direction away from God. God still brought it back. Jonah was his man, and he had a message that he wanted to send to save these people. the great lengths God will go through to save people. And those people were saved. There's some other things that happen in the story, but that's, that's the crux of this whole story. Not Jonah's disobedience, though that's part of it, but the whole thing is it begins and ends with God telling Jonah to go to these people because I want to what? I want to save them. I love them. They're still against me. They're still enemies of God, but I want to save them. They don't know how to serve me. They don't know what they've done, but I want to save them. Do you know God does that all the time? Do you know that's why we are involved in Guatemala? In mission work across the world, different places that we got no business being in. Mexico, Ghana, Africa, India, Uruguay, why do we spend money to save these people, to teach them the word of God, to teach them how to live according to the precepts and the laws of God so that they can be blessed and saved from their sin? Why do we do that? Because God commands us to do it. Well, why can't we just do that right here, where we're we're safe and we're sound, and all of all of the fun stay right here in the church and in the United States? And why do we got to go to other places because God told us to? Amen. Do you remember that scripture in uh, uh, Matthew twenty eight, eighteen, and nineteen? Go into all the world and make disciples of all nations. All nations. <laughs> Go into all the world and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And he gives this promise because he knows it's not going to be easy. And he says, I'm going to be with you to the end of the age. I'm going to go with you wherever you go. And because of these commandments, we don't stay within the four walls of our church. We are involved in our community because that's where God is, because that's where God wants to save people. We're not just staying here. We're involved in all these other countries that if you think about it, we've got no business being there, but God's heart is there. And so he sends us to go save people. And it's no more evident to me than when I go to Guatemala. God is just producing fruit in bushels over there. It is amazing to see. And it's not slowing down. It's picking up momentum. More and more and more families up in the mountains of Guatemala The impoverished mountains of Guatemala. People are coming to see Christ Jesus the Lord. They're coming to know Him as their Savior. Places where there are no churches, we are planting churches. We went to a place called Santa Teresa this time, this trip. And... (laughs) So you can see me sliding down this hill here. Um, Luis is at the bottom. And can we kill those wall lights too to help us with that? I think there's a couple shots of me sliding down this hill. Notice I'm grabbing onto what? A leaf! Like a leaf's going to help me! (laughs) (laughs) Now, this church here is in a place called Santa Teresa. It's a new area for us. Look at the church. This is their church. When the, where that metal started, that bottom p- part is just completely open because it's built on the side of a mountain. It's built on the side of a mountain. That's the whole church right there. Isn't it beautiful? Slat boards and and what this is underneath the flooring of the church. Okay? And here are the people that are coming around. Some, a few of them came with us. Others are members of this church. And so yeah. take a look at this here. Yeah. This, there's a little baby inside of there <laughs> hanging on the wall. <laughs> so the mothers and fathers will wrap that around them and, and around their shoulder, and they'll carry their baby on their back because why? they got to walk a long, long, long ways to come to church okay and so this father had that baby in there and they get tired and so he hung <laughs> get up on the wall and the baby just slept it's amazing it's it's great all right so baby just sleeps there so one of the ladies here was worshiping you can see the uh, spaces between the boards you can see the tin roof there and um You can see uh, the praise team, if you want to call it that. That is, uh, one's on a keyboard, one's on a bass guitar. And they're worshiping the Lord. A very primitive church. And I can't tell you how many churches, over 30, that we've started just like that. And they started um, with just the slat boards, some posts, and a tin roof. And they begin with just a few families. All right, there's Sister Edna, and she's helping me translate. She might be giving a greeting there to the people we all. There's Brother Luis, my brother, my fellow worker in the Lord in our labors. What a great helper he is. What a great helper he is. I love him. Love you, brother. (laughs) We we are just so joyed to be over there to see God working. And when, when we're over there, our spirits are just, are just being blessed. All right. So um, this is outside the church. So you drive up on this road. It took us hours to get there. And the roads were horrible, of course. But at least in this case, there's a road. All right. And so on one side, on the left side, is the church. It's right up to the road, and on the right-hand side is somebody's home that is there. Now, the reason I'm showing you these things is because the people are outnumbering the space in this church already. Right now, there's 18 families that come to this church. 18 families. So you figure, it ends up being close to 100 people. And you you see how small that church is. This is way up in the mountains, and if you go down off the road, it's just like, you're going down. And they've built, you can see here, how the church is built out and extending past the hill. So it's built on posts, and it's empty under there. All right? So the problem that they're having is there's nowhere for them to build. They can't build anymore in this location. Alright, so they've been praying about this, thinking about what they can do, because there's enough people there. Alright, and so across the road lives a family that has offered to sell this church a plot of property Okay, for $2,000, and here's the property. It doesn't look like much, but it goes back into the woods off to the right-hand side. They use this section here, but they're going to sell us this section here and it goes back into the property you can kind of see like a a little hump there that goes up um, by some rocks over there we'd have to dig that out a little bit they would and so this property then could be purchased for the church and the church could build a building that's probably two or three times the size of this one here and have a kitchen in it This this one doesn't have much of a kitchen, if if any. I don't even remember a kitchen there. But um, and so here, so you can see the building there. That's the family's house, their vehicles and things like that. So this property here that we're standing on, um, we would be purchasing this property, okay, for for this church to build a building all right let's keep going here and so this they got this cloth here and it kind of um, gives them some privacy there's a quite a steep embankment up to there up to that level you can see the people of the church um, as well as our party which is myself edna luis victoriano his family and then a few leaders of the voice of god churches which is our partner brother church organization over there okay So that's the whole building right there. I mean, it's very simple, it's very small, and people stand outside sometimes because there's not enough room inside. All right, so what we have done here, you can see us, we're praying over this property. And as we're talking back and forth, it's kind of a business deal, if you will, where we're working together to figure out a way, because they don't have a lot of money, obviously, How can we purchase this property so that this church can have a place where everybody can fit inside? Okay, how can we do this? Well, and so Victorianos, and here's the people, I am just mad proud of this picture. I can't explain that to you. It doesn't look like much, but these are the leaders that are making um, decisions together. Every single one of us has stuck our neck out in this situation. The branch is bowing down, my friends. We're out on the limb, and we have all committed ourselves. The church there agreed, We're gonna, we'll put up this much money. Can you help us put up the rest of it? And so they've put up like maybe five or $600, and that's all they can come up with. And so Francisco, who is directly in front of me with the glasses, he is the... Um, founder of the Voice of God churches over there that we work with. Um, where's Victoriano? Victoriano is next to him with the glasses on as well. He's the pastor, thank you, that we, um, that we support over there. Now, they have said, I'm not really sure where we're going to get the money from, but we're going to commit five or $600 to this. Can you help us with the rest of that? Can you come up with thirteen or $1,400? Look at this picture here. And I said, brothers, do we believe that God is giving us the opportunity here to purchase this property for this church? And we all did agree. The problem is that the property needed to be purchased in 12 days. The 12 days started before I even left the U.S. So by the time I got there, there was two days left. And basically the time was up when I got to the property here, okay? This doesn't look like much, but I said, brothers, we should anoint this property. When my church was beginning, and some of, and you can see in pictures out on our hallway, you can see pictures of us standing out right in this area right here. We're standing in a circle, and the storm clouds are above us, all Can you, will you, will you pray about it at least? Helping in this area to win souls. We have done this thing. You folks sitting here may not have heard of this very much. And this may be an odd thing for a Sunday morning. I'll give you that. But when it comes to souls, I will go to great lengths to go seek them out and to find them. And God has asked us and commanded us to do that very thing there are two radio stations now in existence in guatemala in the mountains because of situations that we are in just like this and we committed to it and the first thing that went up was just a tree they went up a tree and they stuck a piece of metal rod up on the top of the tree ran a wire down and that was the antenna until we were able to do something more permanent and have an actual metal frame built. Is this the last one or is there more to come? Okay. So you see the need here. Can we partner together as people of God recognizing a need in a foreign country that really doesn't involve us except for the fact that God wants to save them just like he did through jonah we can be jonah to these people so as you walk into this church you get about six feet in into maybe a 20 foot deep church and then you look down through the slats in the floor and there's nothing there because it's built up that high okay And I was okay until I knew that that was the case. (laughs) But you could feel the floor bouncing as you were walking on it, couldn't you, brother? Yeah. But, I mean, if, if you get 60 or 80 people in there, that could be a dangerous... This is what it looks like underneath, okay? It's just empty under there. And so, what we want to do is to purchase the property directly across the street so that they can build a cement foundation, a block building. In Guatemala, nothing is permanent until it's block. And so, all of our churches that are up in the mountains, almost 90% of them are block. Why? Because it says, we're here to stay. Amen. We're not going anywhere. We're not temporary anymore. We're here to stay. And if we're here to stay, if this building is here to stay, God is here too, and he's not going anywhere. Brothers and sisters, there's 37 churches now in Guatemala. Every single one of them, I won't say every single one, because some of them we acquired from, say, the Catholic denomination that they didn't want that church anymore, and so we're (laughs) trying to purchase those and things like that. But most cases, we're planting churches in places where there is none to reach people because God cares about them. And I'm asking you to look beyond the fact that your pastor is in essence begging you for money. I'm asking you to look past the fact that I'm using a Sunday morning to show you something like this. I'm asking you to look past the fact that This is, we're straying from our normal way of doing things here. But I'll do it as often as I can in order to save some souls. And I'm pretty sure God would do the same. Okay. Why is a small church, honestly people, their churches over there have more people in them than we have right here. Okay. Why would a small church be involved in somewhere so far away? Because God asked us to. That's it. That's what God wants us to do. He has called us over there. And it's so evident when we go over there that God's heart is there. He loves those people in Guatemala. And for some reason, he's asked Alabama Full Gospel to be a liaison to them, to bring encouragement to them. And I'll tell you what, when we go over there, I'm just in awe You'll go into the churches and they've spread pine needles on the ground, on their dirt floors, in some cases cement floors, so that the the aroma when you walk in there smells like Christmas. And they'll serve you sakik, a meal that is the best meal that they could offer you. And so no matter where you go, we had sakik, didn't we, brother? Over and over and over and over and over. Why? Because it's the best that they could offer. Okay? They are so encouraged. And over and over and over, we hear them say things like this, thank you for caring enough to come. Thank you for caring enough to bring the word to us. These pastors, they don't have college teaching. They, they have a Bible In some cases, when we first started out, they didn't even have a whole Bible, okay? But now, they come together when we're there and we're able to encourage them and strengthen them in their faith and to tell them, keep going. Don't grow weary. It's difficult, but God is going to be here for you. He's going to make it happen, I promise you. And it gives them strength to continue on. And they're so thankful and so grateful for it. So I ask you today, can we partner together as the family of God at Alabama Full Gospel to come up with that $1,400? And here's the risky thing for us. We got a lot of stuff around here that needs doing. Okay? We're going to be putting some bathrooms in and a security room over here Because we're outgrowing all the stuff that we got right now. All right? There's a lot of things that we need to have done. And so it's risky because we're, in a sense, we could be taking away from money that we could be making to help with those projects, okay? So we're taking away from stuff that we need done here. But I believe that if we do this, that God's going to take care of the other stuff. That is the way that God has always done things here at Alabama. If we're concerned about his things, he takes care of our things. And look at, here we are, look at the building we are in. And all of this is debt-free for the grace of God and to display his mighty power and his name. But he asks us to step out in faith first. Can we partner together to do this? John, are you... ASAP. I got yeah. $5. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Praise the Lord. Seriously? Wow. Wow. <laughs> really wow. Praise the Lord. Oh, 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 okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure wow. We- So think about this. We're giving, none of us here is rich. Brother, thank you for that. We're giving out of our need. Do you remember the story in the Bible that the woman came, there was a couple others that gave and and they gave a lot of money. And then this one other lady came and she only gave a few coins. And Jesus was asking his disciples, he said, well, you know, which, which one gave the most? And he says, the one, the widow. Why? Because she gave everything she had. She gave out of her need. She didn't give out of her abundance. She didn't have a lot, but she gave what she had. And I think that's kind of our situation here at Alabama. None of us is crazy educated with big money coming in, you know, in most cases here. And But because of the giving of our hearts, God has blessed us, and we have the property that we have right now free of any sort of um, loans at all. Not one penny because of situations like this. For the glory of God. Would you stand with me today? Now listen, there's a time factor in all of this, okay? We need to get this done and we need to send that money to them or they could lose that property and then everything's done. So give that some thought. Give that some prayer. And you follow not what Pastor Rust is asking you to do. You follow what God is telling you to do. Okay? Brother, would you close us with a song? Praise the Lord. Thank you for your patience with me. Thank you for caring for other people. Thank you for being a family here and allowing things like this to go on so that the gospel can go out of the four walls of a little town in a swamp, (laughs) a little church near a swamp. Because of that attitude, God has blessed our church beyond measure. Let's pray together. Father, we just lift up the funds that have come in. Father, we pray that... We're just laying hands on this right now. Lord, we just pray that this money would produce fruit for your kingdom. We pray that it would produce souls for you, Lord. We pray that it would win people. That are lost for you. And we pray that the work in Guatemala would continue for years and generations to come. We pray for the pastors that are down there, so many pastors that are so far apart from each other that they are alone in most cases. But we know that you're there with them. And our hearts go out to them, Lord, in the great work that they are doing. We pray that you would multiply. Multiply these gifts that are given, and I pray your blessing upon each one that has given here today. And each one that has that has committed themselves to praying for these churches. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Brothers and sisters, I will let you know where we stand as soon as I am aware of myself. God bless you.